What's up and welcome back to Major League Talk, episode 35, the Kevin Durant edition. I'm your host, J.D. Johnson. Alongside me always is the Houdini himself. Dino, how are we? J.D., how we doing, baby? It's just us today, at least for the interview. Another exciting podcast for you guys. Today we got the national record holder for the most three-pointers in high school basketball boys history with, uh, Dino, do you know the exact number? 546. Career three-pointers, three-time high school state champion. He's the guard for the Purdue University, Fort Wayne. Number zero, Chase Johnson's coming on the pod today for an interview. But quickly, bouncing off of last pod's thought with the whole bowl cut thing, was just wondering in advance because I need a haircut. Dean, I have like really like long hair now. I, you probably just saw me actually in, before, but like I have really long hair now. And it just occurred to me because last time I was in there, I didn't like – the haircut that I got, if I go to somewhere to get a, a haircut at a barber, if there's no line, do I automatically leave? Uh, I don't think so. Because at the end I've of the day, the opposite. But, but your main goal is to go in and get out as fast as possible. So I don't think you leave. I just think like, like when I go get a haircut, like I keep it really simple. So it's impossible for them to screw up like scissor cut, like in like a half inch. That's all it is. I got. I don't want to complicate things. I don't get fades. I don't do anything like that. Like, don't mess up my hair. And the only way that you can mess up my hair is if I give. It's like it's like ordering something from like Chipotle, right? Like if I order a bowl with a whole bunch of stuff on it, I'm assuming they're gonna screw it up. If I order a bowl with rice, chicken, and cheese, I don't expect them to screw that up. Understood. I get that too. I've just heard the other way around though. Like if they're like, it must be a really bad barber if he has like no line at all, because usually you're like waiting like three people in front of him. And it like well, kind of occurred you, to me you, that last time I just walked in. But are you going to a barber or are you going to like a, like a haircutting place? I kind of go to both. Okay. I never go to a barber because like the stuff that I want done, I'm never going to go to a barber for. Like I don't want my beard trimmed up. I don't want to fade. Like I said, I don't want, you know, I don't want anything special. So I go to a normal haircutting place and say, hey, trim this up. Make me look, you know, professional. But for you, I wouldn't even trim much. Of, like you got the flow. Like you're a college student. Like you play baseball still. Like I would keep the flow going. Dude, my hair is long now. All right. Like, well, you then thought trim WA it. was long. Like, dude, like my hair is like, like it's not it's almost like past my shoulders, but like it's like still curly, kind of. All right. Well, then, you know then trim I mean? it, then hippie boy. Actually, yeah, it just needs to be tamed. My mom keeps saying. Yes, tame's but- a great word. Yeah, that's what she keeps on saying. And I just don't want to go because I don't want to mess it up because I feel like they'll cut too much or too little. That's why I don't go. Half inch. Can't screw that up. Yeah, for sure. But time to get into a little sports. The division championship series have started off. Nats and Dodgers series has been great so far. Currently 1-1. One and one. They'll play tonight. Bueller was amazing. Seven innings. Strasburg then for game two for the Nats. Absolutely dominating for them, making the series a 1-1 tie as they head to Washington, D.C. for game three and four. Uh, Corbin played his first playoff game ever and walked four batters in the first inning and then kind of figured it out. That was kind of very shocking, very nerve-wracking if I was the Dodgers, if I was uh, Dave Martinez. Probably would have had someone in the bullpen right away if it was game one right right then and there. He hasn't even th- thrown really a strike yet. 
then Max Scherzer was coming out of the pen yesterday after Strasburg starting the eighth inning. It was electric. He'll be starting game four. They got Annabelle Sanchez going for them today. And then Hinjuru for the Dodgers today. And then Rich Hill for game four. Kind of surprised they didn't start Rue in game one or two. He's been all in this like Cy Young talk and they didn't even give him a start in one and two, especially even in LA. They gave uh, Bueller and Kershaw. Are you surprised about that? I'm not. I, I, I think you got to be confident in all your pitchers, no matter where you're going. I think they like the matchup better of Bueller at home and Kershaw always pitches good at home. So I, I I'm, I'm okay with the, I'm okay with the move. I also love the move bringing in Scherzer to close out game two. I think it was it was a hundred percent a must win for them, and they had to even if you push back Scherzer's start to game four, it's still worth it if you can steal game two on the road. They were able to do that, you know. So I I think so far this series has been has been really good. Um, unfortunately, I still don't think the Nats get through this. Yeah, and that was my next question because you know now they have it tied. They're going to DC, kind of a little bit of an advantage there. It's kind of a question mark to me why they're not throwing Scherzer tonight and they're throwing Annabelle Sanchez because he threw basically a week ago uh, for the wild card game. Like, he's had plenty of rest. It's been five days. You know what I mean? Who, Scherzer? Yeah, wasn't it? It's Think about it. Think about it, right? If you're able to steal game three, you have Scherzer at home for the win. If you lose game three... You have Scherzer at home for an elimination game, and then you go back to LA with Strasburg. It's, but wouldn't it's, you it's rather a, have? Wouldn't you rather have Scherzer tonight and then throw Strasburg, and then a, an immediate situation you still got Corbin? Like why throw Sanchez? Like use him in the bullpen. Like JA Happ's been used for the Yanks. I, I love this move because at at the end of the day, they're going to go in either way. In their mind, they're reaching a game five no matter what, and then they're completely locked and loaded. Yeah, and it's nothing against Annabelle Sanchez. He had a great season. He had a great season last year. Like, he's a great pitcher. I just didn't really understand that. But back to the Rue thing, for my opinion, I mean, I'm okay with the move, but it's kind of confusing. Like, if he ends up winning the Cy Young, which I don't think he will kind of end up winning, but if he does, that's a huge question mark for me then. Because, like, if if you're the Cy Young Award winner for that year, why would you not start game one of, like, a huge division series? Like, say they go to the World Series. How could he not be the game one starter if he's going to be the Cy Young winner? I don't think he is, but he's definitely like top three. I just think they're I just think they're really comfortable with their staff. I just think they're really comfortable with their staff. And and on top of that, like I would have to dive into statistics a little bit and maybe I'll do that uh, right now. But I, I, I need to see, you know, Rue's numbers on the road compared to, you know, uh Oh my God, I'm blanking. Uh, you know, Bueller and, and Kershaw, you know, like Kershaw. Look, let's understand something. This team is not dominant on the road. True. This team's, this team's just not dominant on the road. They're 47 and 34 at home. Or I'm sorry, they're 47 and 34 on the road. You know, so they're not dominant on the road. They're 59 and 22 at home and they, and they split at home. That's a problem right now. The Nats have some have some momentum. I think the way that the pitching works out over the next three games is in favor of the Nationals. The problem is, because we're doing this as we're speaking, uh, Annabelle Sanchez is in trouble in the first. 
You know, he, he's already thrown 25 pitches. He's probably not going to get through four. But that's that's a common trend in the playoffs this year. A lot of starters aren't going past four. Yeah, and lastly, to wrap this up, Rich Hill starting game four, like, I completely forgot he even existed, to be honest. Did you? I never pay attention to Rich Hill, but I know he's really good. Well, that's the thing. He kind of struggled this year, and he's been on the IL the whole season. And then all of a sudden, he just, like, yeah. shows up for game four. Well, that's half of Minnesota's lineup, and we'll get to that later. But, look, when, when the playoff time comes around, a lot of these guys realize that they might not get another shot at this. So why not just come back and play? You have all offseason to rest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just the game just ended, literally. Dansby Swanson, man. Adam Duvall, man. The Atlanta Braves are hot in hot Atlanta. They're going – they now have a 2-1 to one lead against the Cardinals. I mean, wow. Carlos Martinez, by the way, is an absolute bum. Blowing kisses to Billy Hamilton. Look where it got you, buddy. You, blew the, you almost blew the game in game one. He gave up two home runs. He gave a home run to two-run bomber Okuna, Okuna, and then he gave another one to Freeman, and they lost by one run. Like, he had a five-run lead when he came in in game one. Uh, came in today, had a one-run lead, gave it up right away with Dansby Swanson hitting a double, and then Adam Duvall hit another double, scoring two. The Braves won three to one today. Now they got the lead. They got the momentum. They're hot. It's hot Atlanta. Either way, they're going to be going to game five if they lose tomorrow, so they're going to be back in – Atlanta if they end up do losing tomorrow, but this this is a really good team. Braves deserve to win today. Soroka threw an absolute gem. Well, so did Wayne. Um, yeah, no doubt. It was it was a pitcher's duel, but like Soroka's 22 years old and absolutely shoved. Wainwright's been in this situation before. So, you know, it's always look, at the end of the day, I I am not I'm not really sold on the Cardinals. I like their lineup, but I don't like their lineup in the playoffs, if that makes sense. No, I understand that. I think their lineup's very human in in the playoffs. Dansby made some ridiculous plays in the field. I think he threw out Wong on a on a slow roller that he barehanded. It, there's honestly like when you're talking middle infields in the majors, the Braves might be top two because I love oh, watching sure. the Braves middle infield. I love watching the Braves infield. You go Donaldson, Dansby, uh, Ozzy, and Freeman. I mean, that's a hell of an infield. Yeah, it's probably one of the best in the league. You could even say maybe it's number one. I mean, I know Houston's probably right there, but still. I, yeah, I could, argue, I could argue defensively that's that's the best infield in the league. The only other team that would even – come into consideration would be the Indians or the Astros. Yeah, sure. I mean, those are two great ball clubs. Uh, but moving on from that, do you think like, or before we move on from that, do you think that the Braves are basically going to walk away with this? I today think Braves, or, t- I think today or a game five? Like today or game five? I, mean, I think tomorrow. the Braves take it. I think the Braves take They play Monday, right? So that would be tomorrow. Yep. Or do they? Yeah, I, I, think, the, I think the Braves close it out next game. Yeah, I don't know who's starting for them, but yeah, I kind of think it is too. I think it's going to wrap up there. I mean, because the Braves have all this momentum now. But another exciting series, the Astros and Rays series has been really good. 3-1 win last night against for the Strohs, putting up the Astros 2-0 now, just like the Yankees on, a, on the series, commanding lead in the series. Now going to Tampa for Game 3 with none other than Charlie Morton on the mound for the Rays. 
this is going to be good. And the Astros, they have another ace coming out. They got Zach Granke, who they traded for. I mean, I still can't believe how good this Astros starting rotation is. I mean, they're so good. Like, it's it's not even describable almost how good they are. You have Verlander, then you have Cole, and then you have Granke. And then, I, I mean, like, it's almost ridiculous. Isn't Wade Miley on the team? Like, he had a really good year, too. They're absolutely loaded. There's like that team itself is loaded. The Rays are done. You know, it was fun while it lasted. You got in. That's exciting in itself. You won the wild card game. Awesome. Congratulations. You're done. That's it. There's, 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 because even if they win one of the next, let's just play devil's advocate. You win the next two. You're not beating Verlander at home. Yeah, that's completely true. So they're done. You know, I was hoping that they would be able to steal this series. Yanks would have a walkthrough to the World Series. But you know what? If if the Yanks win, if the Yanks take, if the Yanks win the World Series, let's just, I'm imagining this real quick. If the Yanks win the World Series and they go through the Twins, the Astros, and the Dodgers, they would roll through the only three teams in the league with 100 wins other than themselves. Yeah. That would, to me, that would make them the best Yankees team in my lifetime. Yeah, we've talked about that multiple times. You brought that up. But I don't think I, – I don't, I don't even think the Rays win a game. Even with Charlie Morton on the mound, I mean, that's their ace. That's their go-to guy. I mean, he's very underrated in the league. Like, if we were to do an underrated players podcast, they'd probably put him on there. 100%. Problem is, is no one knows Charlie Morton better than the Houston Astros. <laughs> the Houston Astros, who he played for, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't go to the he didn't play in Houston because I'm wondering what the fans would do if they cheer or if they just like give him a hard time because like no it's the playoffs now screw you. I didn't expect uh, Andrew Luck to get booed either, but he did. So very very you, true. You never know. I can't put it past any fans, which is the number one reason why I don't like going to sporting events anymore. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. Um, stay tuned for Yankees and Twins. Series talk. We'll talk about that after the interview, but right now let's go right into the title of this pod with the interview for Chase Johnston, number zero and the guard for Purdue University, Fort Wayne. I don't think I missed. This is one of the best shooters I have ever seen, not at the high school level, not at the college level, not the pro level. I'm talking ever. We said it before. He broke the national record for threes in his career. He's a three-time state champion in the state of Florida, which includes a back-to-back-to-back. Welcome to the show, Mr. Chase Johnston. Sir. Thanks for coming on, Chase. We appreciate it. Yeah, Chase. Thank you guys for having me. We can't thank you enough, buddy. Um, let's let's talk about this for a second. 546 threes in your high school career. You broke a national record. Right? That includes guys like Steph, LeBron, Melo, all of them. How, how aware were you that you were approaching the record? Um, I, w- I was never aware that I was approaching a national record. I knew I had broken, like, the state record and broke WA's record in threes. But um, towards, um, I'd say towards mid-season of senior year, that's when Coach Wolf came to me and he said, you have a shot that you could break the national record. But he never actually told me how many threes I had. And then I just remember the night where I hit 
the three and they stopped the game and they celebrated and coach gave me a big hug and congratulated me and so 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 you remember the shot I do I remember the shot exactly take me through the shot so we were on homecoming it was winter court uh we were playing John Carroll I remember I hit I started out the game I hit I think I hit three in a row and then that took me to 522 threes and then the record to break the record I had to hit 523 so I remember we were on a fast break and all, all I hear is Coach Wolf on the sideline, like, pointing, like, hit chase, hit chase on the wing. And we were in transition, and I think it was Stefan or Sam kicked it ahead to me, and I, I hit the three on the wing, and everyone, like, went crazy. And then he told the ref, he, I think he called timeout. And then that's when our athletic director got on the microphone and said, oh, it is now official that Chase Johnson has broke the national three-point record. And he's not so, 523. So, so you had no idea going into that. Oh no, I had no I had no idea that um, I could break the record that night. Like I was aware that I eventually could break it, and like towards the season was coming to an end. But I had no idea that that night was a night I was like four threes away from breaking it. Yeah, That's I mean, insane. it was the real deal. It was the real deal. I was there. I mean, that was been a good night too. I mean, you you were on homecoming court, right? Or was it winter? Yep, no winter court. Yep. Yeah, I remember that, that was a real deal. That, that, that's insane. So <laughs> that's, that's just nuts. Cause like, no, like, you know, you, you watch sports center and they got all these, like, you know, these records of this, this person's approaching this person, whatever it is, but to find out, so you, you hit the three and you're just r- jogging back thinking that the other team called a timeout when you realized that you broke this thing. Yeah. I hit the three and I just sprinted back on, I just like sprinted back on defense and then when they called, when Coach Wolf called timeout, he looked at me, and everyone came up. All my teammates came up and started high fiving me, and I'm just like, "What's going on?" And then that's when our athletic director let everyone know, and then Coach Wolf gave me a big hug, and I, I was like, "I was like, what? Like you couldn't have told me this before the game or something?" Now, did you, like, did you even feel like the need to celebrate it at that point, or were you just so locked into the game? Um. I was definitely just locked into the game. I mean, it was a district game too. So I was just, I was locked in. I didn't really let it sidetrack me or get me distracted. But um, it was definitely a special moment. I, I definitely took all of it in, but I didn't like completely lose it after that. I still I still was focused and I think I had a pretty good game. That's impressive. My, my question for you is like, at, w- at what age did you like really realize that you could shoot? Oh man, I would say, like, really once I once I started playing basketball, um, started playing when I was like three. I, th- I think I realized I could really shoot the ball when I was like five or six, because I was always playing up. Because I have an older brother, so I was always playing up. Um, I was never playing my age group, so I was always scrimmaging with older players and just knocking down threes because I was too small to get into the paint. Right. So I was always just shooting. And that's when I realized that I, I could be a pretty special shooter if I just put the work in. So I would say at a really young age, I realized that I could be some be some special shooting. So, so like five or six, you realized you could shoot the rock. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> um, let's and we'll get to your work ethic in a little bit, but let's talk about the Montverde Academy Invitational. 
For those who don't know, it's the home of R.J. Barrett. He went two overall or three overall to the Knicks. Let's let's talk about the company that you were involved with when you were named on the All Tournament team. Cameron Fletcher committed to Kentucky. Mario McKinney committed to Missouri. Mady Susuko, I don't want to butcher it, but I you know I'll figure it out when he's on CBS in a few years because he's going to Michigan State. And Evan Mobley, who's the number, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the number one prospect of the class of 2020, who's going to USC. Right. What does that like? What did that mean? Like, what does that mean to you being in the company of those guys? Because I think in that um, tournament you dropped a game where you had 52. Yeah, I did. Um, I I mean, I wasn't really. I wouldn't say I was really like surprised or shocked that I was in that in that group of guys because. I could play with anybody and play any level. So when I found out that I was all tournament team with those guys, I was like, yeah, that's big time. Um, like I said, I thought it was like a big time accomplishment and a really good one. But at the same time, like my expectations were are so high that I like, that was like my goal was to get there. So it wasn't really like, a, I wasn't like surprised, you know? Now the, the the game that you dropped fifty two and and the, this is my best my favorite quote from any NBA player in the world is that when they ask J.R. Smith like when you're cold like what do you do he said you know shoot or shoot or eventually I'm going to heat up you know h- how hot were you when you dropped fifty two well I don't think I don't think I missed um, <laughs> I, think I, I think I went. I, I think I only missed two. I don't think I only missed two shots that game. Um, I, I remember that game like the back of my hand too. Uh, before I, the game, I, wa- I watched highlights from that game the other day. Chase, I don't think you hit the rim. No, I, I don't think I did either. <laughs> I, was really feeling, I, I was really feeling it that day. Like I don't know, like. Any older people that listen to this, when we were growing up, we played a video game, NBA Hang Time, and when you got hot, the, the nets caught on fire. And that's essentially uh-huh. what it was. <laughs> like, oh, I, man. I don't think and, – and you were hitting – it's not like you were hitting wide open threes. You were hitting contested shots. You were hitting step backs. The, it, it, it was literally like – like how big was, was, the, was the hoop for you? It looked like you were shooting it into a pool. <laughs> it was the hoop was really big in at that game. I I really th- thought anything I threw up was gonna go in. Like that was just like my mindset and confidence. Like if I shoot this, yeah, it's going in. Like I, I felt really, uh, I felt crazy that game. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you gotta feel too. Yeah, I wonder yeah, what that feels like. You know, because like when I go to amusement parks and they got those like those those rims that are like the equal size of the basketball, and it's impossible to hit for a stuffed animal. <laughs> I still right. feel like I can bang those any day of the week. Exactly. But it's but on that night, I think you could have won me at least ten stuffed animals. <laughs> That's oh, so, a deep quote. That's yeah, deep I mean, quote. Dude, you know, like next time I'm going to Orlando, like I'm just gonna have to make sure you're home and I can bring you up there so I can bring my girlfriend home, like a big stuffed animal. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, now, coming out of high school, you had over 15 offers from schools that may or may not have been more attractive than Purdue at Fort Wayne. What was, what was your thought process on that commitment? Just really finding the best fit. Really. I know a lot of kids get caught up in um, the high major D1 schools. Like 
oh, I want to go play at Florida. I want to go play at Kentucky. I want to go play at Duke. But, I mean, I was just – my mindset was I just want to play Division One basketball, and I want to find the best fit where it doesn't matter if it's mid-major, high-major. I mean, I always set my my uh, standards to play high-major Division One basketball. But at the end of the day, I like, like I tell everyone – so during that commitment process, I was just like – came on my visit. I thought it was the best fit for me. Um, the coaching staff was, was a really good group of guys, and I think that's a really, that's really important during your decision is finding the right coaching staff that fits your game style. So I really like that aspect of it, and that's one of the reasons why I committed to um, Purdue Fort Wayne to play basketball. So, But what's the biggest difference between a school like Westminster Academy? You know, it's like what? 350 kid high school to go, I mean, going all the way up to Purdue University. I mean, what's the biggest difference there? Just like the team, like the school, like everything. Um, I just say like the, like the environment and the culture, like it's completely different, completely different lifestyle. Um, you're basically on your own. You don't really have, I mean, you have your, your teammates, which you basically call family, but you don't actually have like your, your real family here to like take care of you or comfort you when you're going through a bad day. Um, I'd say like the school wise, it's just, I mean, it's 10 times bigger, 20 times bigger than what WA was. So getting out of that WA bubble was actually, was very hard for me. Um, and yeah, basically just like knowing that you're really on your own and it's like a good growing, growing step for, for me and for everyone that goes off to like a, a school that's really far away. So. So now that you've gotten kind of, because I'm assuming you've been there for a little bit, you've you've gotten acclimated to it. The season's coming up in in what a month? When's opening day? Um, thirty days. Thirty days. So about a month. Yep. Now, like, first of all, let me backtrack a second. Did you realize how cold it was in Indiana? Um, I did not. I mean, I knew it was going to be, but I didn't realize it was going to be like this. <laughs> I know, I know what I'm about to get myself into. It's going to be ridiculous. Well, look, I've dealt with the snow. At last podcast, I was having a conversation with JD about what snow is, and he has a hard time because he's never seen it. And, and <laughs> yes, I, and like, I was, I was to, six months old. Okay, uh, six months old. It counts. You you remember that? Oh, it, I have a picture. It counts. But that, that no no no. That's not the. I didn't ask if you had a picture. I asked if you remembered it. Okay, let's also ask this question. When you know when you go to the Gaylord Palms and they got the ice everywhere in that big room, does that it's count? It's indoors. <laughs> the they point like that I'm trying to make from up north. <laughs> the the point that I'm trying to make, Chase, is I was trying to explain to JD what snow smells like. And you'll be able to explain it to him because there's a distinct smell to it. Like you can smell when it's coming like closer. And I don't mean like, right. like you know, like, yeah, it just, look, I think it's beautiful. I think you'll enjoy it, but Indiana's cold, a little, little colder than Pennsylvania, no doubt. But let's talk about your, your freshman year expectations that you may or may not have for yourself. I know you set the bar high. Mm-hmm. Are you looking to come in and make an impact right away with this team? Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. And I saw you chose number zero. I did. Were you always number zero? 
I was number two. I was number two my whole high school career. Um, I wanted number two when I came up here, but upperclassmen already had it. So I had to change my number, which I don't really mind zero. I actually really like zero. It's a good – I look at it as a new team, new number. So it's just like a whole new slate, start over. So For some, re- for some reason, I like the zero. Did you ever contemplate double zero? No, I like the single zero. I'm a, I'm also a fan of the single zero. Yeah, I'm like single numbers. So. Now, let's 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 talk about your work ethic real quick. Your Instagram shows you straight up grind in the gym. Mm-hmm. T- take us through your workouts, and then is there anything that you have changed in your workout since you've gotten to college? Um. Oh man, my work ethic. Um. I think I, I think I'm the hardest hardest worker um, that that plays basketball. Like that, that's my mindset. Um, I think I'm on. I think I'm the hardest worker on the team that I'm on now. And I thought I thought I was the hardest worker when I was at WA. I just take I just take pride in just working my butt off um, day in and day out. I just think like if you don't work if you don't work hard, you're never gonna get the results that you want um so i just take pride in that um my dad really built that into me at a really young age like whatever you want you must work hard for and push yourself to like the the hardest limit um so i really i really like i said take pride in working hard and and i I enjoy it too it's not like when i when i wake up and i know i have a workout i'm like oh man i have to go this workout like i I I actually love working out more than I like playing in a game just because if I mess up, yeah, it's okay because I know I can get better. I'm going to get better at what I messed up at as if in a game, it's kind of hard. Like if you mess up, you, you don't get that play over. Like you can't redo it as when you right. train, you can redo it. You can restart, get the move down. So like, I, I love training. Um, the other thing what? is like nobody, nobody ever has to ask me to work out. Like I'm, all my trainers, I got like when I get back home, I'll call both of my trainers. But I'm back. Like, when are we getting to work? And like, no trainer ever has to ask me when are we gonna work out. Like, I, I'm always the first one to make, first one to um, to make the initiative move. And yeah, I just I just love working out, and trying to get trying to be the best player I can be. And I mean, in all seriousness, he is one of the hardest workers ever. Than there, when we were having baseball workouts, he was doing his own thing on the side. You know, like. It was, he didn't need the team. Like he did it on his own. I mean, he is one of the hardest workers if you ever meet him. But Chase, real quick, what's the like? What is your routine like for a game? Like especially like a big game. Like are you a guy like we asked Corey this? Uh, are you a guy that like has a big breakfast or well, like when do you get there? Like do you do you go out there and like you shoot a lot like before the game? Like what's your routine? A lot of music. Um, I won't say I get a good breakfast, but for my game. My game routine, it's every morning I wake up around 8.39. Games are usually around 7. So I always go in. I would always go in and get a shoot around with my dad. And we do the same routine every, every day, every, every game. Um, it's, not a, it's not the same shooting workout I do as if I was shooting after practice. It's a little less, so I don't just wear my body out. So I go for like a 25, 30-minute shooting 
um, workout with him just to get my muscle memory down and get some shots up. And then after that, I'll usually go home. I, I love eating pizza before a game. I don't, I don't know. That's like my pregame meal. Pizza? Pizza. <laughs> yep. Oh, now what, 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 what do you, I hate to interrupt you, but this is, this is like breaking news. What, what do you get on your pizza? Yeah, that was the go-to question right there. I get, I just get pepperoni pizza. Like my go-to. God, I, that's my boy. My go-to stop every game day, especially on Saturdays, whether there was college football, I'd stop. At around 12, 12.30, and I go to Little Caesars. I get a large pizza. I eat three to four pieces, and I'd be done. I wouldn't eat the whole thing because I don't want to get too full. Right. And then that would be my meal. I drink some orange Gatorade. It has to be orange Gatorade. Drink my orange Gatorade, watch some college football. Then I would just relax. I would take a 15 to 20-minute nap. I can't exceed after 15 or 20 minutes because then I get into a deep REM. And then I'm just sluggish. So yeah. after wait, that, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm are you a guy with superstitions? Are you a guy that has like a lot of superstitions? Then, like you just said, like has to be orange. Well, I just have like when I eat pizza, it has to be orange Gatorade. Like it just doesn't take. It just tastes the best when it's orange. Yes, yes th- now this conversation is getting nice. First of <laughs> all, the routine, the routine so far, is on point. So, <laughs> why Little Caesars? I don't know. It was. I think it was one day I was trying to catch the Michigan game after I was shooting. It was at 12 o'clock, and it was like 1, and Little Caesars is quick. It's $5. I mean, you go, you're in, you're out. Um, it's easy to eat. It's not messy. Um, and it just it just sits well with me. It doesn't give me problems. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I picked it. And then this is fantastic. I always take a pre – I always take a pre – after my nap, I have to take a shower before the game. Like, if I don't take a shower before the game, it's not going to go well. Like, I need to wake myself up. I'll take a seven-minute shower. I mean, I don't time it, but I, it's usually what it is. Seven minutes. Um, four, five minutes of it will be hot, and the last two minutes will be cold. Yeah. Like, to, really, to, to really just get my body going, like, wake me up. Like, okay, oof, I'm ready. Um, dry off. Get ready. And uh, I try to get to the, I try to be the first one there to the game. Um, just as like, it's just like a leadership thing. And just like something I really I respect that. Just yeah, like I mean, I, that like this, this conversation is just fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, so now, and I, and I'm going to ask a few questions. One, it's a loaded question. One, your dad is obviously a real big supporter of you, has helped you and guided you along the ways. So any thoughts you have on that, share. And then my second question is, do you imagine your your routine being any different now that you're on your own? Um, my routine will definitely be different because my dad will not be here. And that's just like, I'm kind of a little sad about that because, you know, I mean, my dad has a special bond and I really wouldn't be the player I am without him. So, yes, it's going to be different. Um, just like when I'm shooting, like I'm not going to be able to say a couple, like say jokes with him or, you know, just have that fun time with him. But um, otherwise, like my dad, my biggest supporter is my dad and my mom. Um, wouldn't be the player I am without my dad, like I just said. 
he pushes me every single day. Uh, everything, every time, every day I call him, I call my dad about four or five times a day. When I'm up here, and he's always just like having being positive with me, giving me positive outlooks, positive mindset. Um, he, he's just a, he's just a really smart smart guy, um, really intelligent. He just he just really wants what's best for me. You know, he's not one of those dads where it's where he uses my success to to get his name out there or to make him look better. He really, he really just wants me to be the best, and he doesn't care about how he looks. It's really about how I look. Um, and then the other person, I don't know, it was like a he really asked that, but is my brother. He probably has even more of an impact than my dad because when I was young, when I was young, he'd always let me go and practice with his high school team. So when I was in sixth grade, I was practicing with juniors and seniors when he was in high school. And I think that really just made my game so much better just because I was playing with older guys. So like when I when I went to play varsity in eighth grade, I already knew what it took and I, I like knew already I already knew the expectations of what of what it was gonna be because I was every single day continuously practicing with older kids, um, running high school practices, doing high school plays. And then when I was in high school, I would go practice with and train with his college players. And so then I knew what it took to be a college player and all that. So definitely my dad and my brother were like the two biggest parts of my basketball career. And then obviously my mom did other great things as well. So. But well, you got you got to feel lucky to have that that kind of support. Is your family coming out to your first game? Yes, they are. They'll be in Vegas. We'll oh, you're going. To, you're in that Vegas, uh, what like the preseason tournament or whatever? No, we open up at UNLV. At really? Yep. Fantastic. That's yeah. That's the Running Rebels, baby. Yep. So my now will be out there. Obviously, I. Couldn't be more excited for you. I have one more question. J.D., I think you have one, and then I'm going to give you some rapid fire if you think you can handle it. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Who do you, who do you model your game after? Because I know you strive to be your own person with your work ethic and try to be the best you can be, but is there someone that you model your game after or growing up wanted to model your game after? Um, I, I model my game after, like, three different players. So, like, J.J. Redick. Just because he's a smart player and comes off screens, quick release. Um, Clay Thompson too, because he's part of that Splash Brother conversation. Uh, can really shoot it. And then just like Steph Curry with like my mindset and like work ethic um, and like handles wise um, range. So like really three different players I model my game after. But like the one I'd pick the most would probably be JJ Redick or Clay Thompson. Just I was I was gonna say you, like you you named like you named three guys who have the quickest release I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Clay, Clay, Clay especially he's just a catch yep. and shoot guy right away, mm-hmm. especially off pick and rolls. Um, Steph's range is is not even in this planet. I mean, geez, I don't even know how young you were when JJ was at Duke. But yeah, I that, watched him there. That that was just bro, it was hilarious watching him play basketball at the college <laughs> level. That's that's one of the when I first watched him, that was one of the main reasons why, like, I kept following him, and loved him because like I could see my game fitting into where his is at now. And then also like reason why I said Clay Thompson is because as you can see, Clay Thompson puts thirty seven points with only four dribbles or five dribbles. Like 
same thing. I don't really need a dribble to score. I can come off a screen with my quick release. I can shoot it. I can I can hit the three. So like I don't, I'm not the type of player that has to break down my defender or make a, make my defender fall to get up a shot. Like I can get up, I can get my shot off in so many ways. I think that was the craziest statistic I saw in the NBA season last year was Clay averaged less than what I think he was like 0.4 dribbles every time he touched the basketball. Yep. Like that, that's just amazing. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I remember when I saw that stat too, I was like, wow, that's big time. And cause like a lot of players now they want to break down the defender and they want to make the highlight tape of crossing their player up. But like, that's not really what basketball is nowadays. It's playing smart, coming off screens, not dribbling much. So I, JD, before you ask your question, Chase, I, to piggyback off of that, do you like the way that the new NBA and the new game of basketball has kind of evolved from, you know, because in the 90s and, and late 80s, it was dominated by big men. You had a few guards that could take you off the dribble and, and really change a game. But do you, do you like the way basketball has evolved into – more of a, a running gun, you know, 35, 43s a game? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just because it fits my game so well. Like, you go back 10, 15 years ago, if the game was still like that now, I mean, I'd still say I have a shot at making it to the NBA, but it wouldn't be as great of a shot as it is now. A player that's athletic that can do 360s, um, like big mans who can just post players up. So, like, I'm, I love how the game's kind of switched up and – I think it's I think it's better all around for basketball players now and like watching it, it's just way more exciting. Just a lot of like I would say fifties fifty threes a game um between each team. And I think it's just it's just exciting now. So yeah, I love how the game has changed. Yeah, one more question before we go into rapid fire. We mentioned it beforehand. I mean three state championships, not just state state, uh, state championships. You went back to back to back and let's not forget you were also in the finals as a freshman you, you got second right. place you lost i mean like what does that feel like i mean like three in a row like that's really hard to do i mean i know you had some great players with you i mean kind of mm-hmm. secondary question after that i know you had atkinson you had uh tony the little brother i know paul's at yale uh zach scott he's at fgcu i mean you had some great players with you sam griffin texas of arlington i mean like what was that like i mean three state championships that that's impressive Oh, man. I don't think there's anything like it. And just to say, like, I was one of two high schools that won three state championships in a row and was there all four years. Started on started and contributed on each and every single state championship run and, and game. So I'd say that's really special. Um, just makes me appreciate everything I have and, like, all the people around me that supported me to 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 have those players on my team, uh, coaches. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a better coach than Coach Wallhoff, too. Like, I know everyone names all the players we had, like Zach, Paul, Jason, me, Stan. But so at the end of the day, like, if we didn't have a good coach, that team would have never made it because, as you can tell, with some teams, they have all the talent in the world, but they never gel. And Coach Wallhoff really made our team gel together. And it took a little bit of time to really get that team, to get our teams going. Because, you know, everyone really wanted most, like sometimes they want to just like focus on them and get their points. So like, I give the most credit to Coach Wolf. And then just saying like, 
with going to states four years in a row winning it, I think it was pretty epic. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. And I'll never forget those moments because you can never get those moments back. So we really like took, we took, um, what's the word? We took, uh, you guys might have to help me out here. Uh, I, I, I don't I know. Mean, I, I got no idea what word you're trying to think of. I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just memories for a lifetime, man. Like, right. Oh yeah, for sure. Just, just hold on to it forever. Yeah, it's cool. You just hold on to it forever. I mean, I mean, I even forgot to mention Coach Walhoff. I mean, he's an outstanding coach. He really is. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Dean, we want to go straight into rapid fire right now. Yeah. You, can you handle it, Chase? I can handle it. All right. I'll try. Here it. we we'll go. Try it out. We'll try it out. All right. I mean, <laughs> it's coming fast and furious. Now, would you would you rather shoot lefty or righty? Righty. Can you dunk? I can sometimes. Depends on my mood. But you can definitely dunk a small ball. Oh, 100%. That's all that matters. Um, okay. Pre-game pre <laughs> pre music is what? Um, Christian music. Gotta love that. Do you pee at halftime? I do not. <laughs> I do not. Do you, do you drink water or Gatorade during a game? Both. Half, what, half sip, a little sip of Gatorade, a little sip of water. Huh. Would you rather have hairy legs like a grizzly bear that every time you shave it, it grows back immediately, or would you rather have an eight-inch tail? Oh, no, that's what? a good question. Definitely, definitely the legs. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have a favorite NBA team? Detroit Pistons. Oh. <laughs> that's that that team back in the day with like all right i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry the bad boy uh, is amazing the, oh my god bro there was no nothing better like you want anyone who says and this is off the rapid fire real quick but anyone who says like the the, bra, the brawls nowadays are good just go back and 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 youtube videos from like the old school detroit pistons he would never make it no not at all. All right. Uh, now, Chase, be nice here, okay? How many How many years until the Knicks are good? They're going to be waiting a long time, Dean. I said be nice, but okay. Does the Does the LeBron and Anthony Davis experiment work? Yes, it does. NBA Finals, right now, who do you got? Man, I, have the, I have the Lakers, and I have – who's even good in the East anymore? Um, Sixers, Bucks. I have I have Lakers, Bucks. Would you rather sneeze every time you make a three or get the hiccups for 15 seconds every time you miss? Sneeze every time I make a three. Do you have a favorite sports movie? Run the Race. What'd you say? Run the Race. Have you never heard of it? Never heard of it. Tim Tebow's movie. Football movie? Ah, ah. I, I got I to gotta check it. Do, do you have a favorite basketball movie? Uh, glory. I think it's called Glory Road or something. Yeah, that's the one. If you could play another sport, what would it be? Football. Wide receiver. Yes, sir. Or quarterback. If you, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? To fly anywhere I want. That wraps it up for rapid fire. You did well. Thank you. I tried. Yeah. You know, Dean, you didn't know that uh, Chase is a big Detroit guy. I feel bad for the Tigers, man. I'm not going to lie. Tigers are horrible. I didn't know he was a Detroit guy. Why are you a Detroit guy? My family's from Michigan. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like everyone in my family is cousins, aunts, uncles, brothers, sister, dad, mom. I'm the only one from Florida, but I have the Detroit blood. So, you know. So they got, so the, are they hockey fans? Oh yeah. My dad was a big one. Big, big ring, big wings fan. Oh yeah. You know, you know, when the Pistons back in the day, when the Pistons, the, when they were the bad boys, he used to go into the locker room with them after the game. He had courtside seats with them. Dude, like your family is like the number one family right now. Like, <laughs> like Detroit people love hockey, courtside seats, supports his son. Gotta love this right now. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no better family out there, I don't think. But that's just no. bias, you know. Oh, I, well, I expect that. Exactly. Wait, one, more, one more question, though, because we asked this with everybody. We asked this off the air with Corey, but just kind of like came up in my mind. Yes, country music or no country music? 100% country music. Thank you. Ha! Dude. I, I, I mean, I, I completely disagree. Country and Christian music. That's all I listen to. I don't even listen. I don't listen to rap anymore. I hate it. Well, there, there's some good Christian rap out there. I listen to Lecrae. But I don't like listening to that rap anymore. It's just it's unhealthy to for the mind, you know. Just to inform our listens to, just to inform our viewers here, let's understand something. This kid is one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. He's family first. Okay, he can absolutely shoot the rock. If if you asked him for the shirt on his back, he would give it to you. There is not a better person in the world to root for other than Chase Johnston. Chase, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I know JD and I are going to be following you all year, making sure that you're good. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us. We'll do whatever we can for you. Sounds great. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, Chase, we maybe hope to have you on. Maybe talk a little bit of basketball maybe when the season starts, mid-season, something like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll be, I'm ready. Chase, hey man, again, we can't, can't thank you. Can't of thank course, you enough, thank bro. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll try and reach out to you before your first game. Uh, uh, can't thank you enough. Chase Johnston, everyone. Guard, number zero. Love the number. Purdue at Fort Wayne. Hopefully he survives the winner, but we know he will. He's a Detroit guy. Love this kid. If you're not rooting for this kid, you can get out. Because <laughs> this, this is the real deal. Oh, man. Love you guys. Appreciate everything. Love you too, brother. You're right. Well, that was the Chase Johnson interview. Again, we hope you guys enjoyed that. And make sure you guys are sharing this if you are enjoying it. And because we just really appreciate it. But back to sports last night. Oh, my goodness. Sir Knight D.D. Gregorius Dean with the bat flip. The best bat flip I've ever seen. The best just admiration of your home run I've ever seen. Best trot around the bases I've ever seen. Best celebration at the end. I've loved, always loved it with Glaber Torres, the little gap up and then the little uh, act like you're walking in place. I mean, the Yankees now have a commanding two-game lead over the Minnesota Twins, and they're playing tomorrow in Minnesota. I'm happy right now. I'm very excited. I, I couldn't be happier for Didi. Uh, it looked like he just, after that swinging bunt down the left field line, he just kind of, like the weight was lifted off of his shoulders. I wouldn't even necessarily call it a bat flip. I would call it like a, like a thank goodness type of admiration of his home run. Like you could just see it was like a, the way 
weight of the world was lifted off his shoulders after he hit that. So couldn't be happier for DD. I, I think I I think this this Yankee lineup is so good. But you know, when you have DD batting eight, Sanchez batting seven, or Shella batting nine, this is probably the best lineup in baseball. I love the move batting Gardner third. And, and I just what a night. It was just what a night. Tanaka dealt. His splitter is disgusting. It is. And I need Brett Gardner back in pinstripes next year. He will be. Now, the sad part is the talks are whether or not to re-up Didi. Well, I mean, uh, who are you going to go with then? Like, that's kind of like, you know, I, mean, I guess would, you have and- Andujar. Yeah. Glaber would play short. DJ would play second. You have Andujar and uh, Urshela. You have Voight and Encarnacion. Realistically speaking, does it hurt your team? No. Just takes a yes. lefty bat out of the lineup. That Realistically the speaking. Those are all righties. Those are all righties. I, That's the problem. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. I, I, yeah. I pray I'm wrong. I pray they lock him up for another four years, but you never know. I just kind of feel like he wants to be there, though. He seems like he loves New York and the Bronx. I like really doubt he wants to go somewhere else. A hundred percent, you know, but he's making 14 million bucks a year right now. And that's a lot of money. Like, I, 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 don't, money. I don't think he's worth 25 a year. If that's what you're trying to say. I don't think he's worth 20. Neither do I, but that's what he's probably going to ask. But they got to, if, if he's smart, he'll take four years, 40 million because he has to understand he's, he's, not necessarily healthy. He's been ice cold. They re- they have to re-sign Judge. They got to re-sign Sanchez. There's going to be money on the table. They're going to go over the luxury tax. So it's it's worrisome. But at the end of the day, let's enjoy the moment. Yanks are up two zero. Let's 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 stay in the present. We'll worry about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Exactly. Just one comment. They better go over the luxury tax, like they've said they've had for the past. Two years they said they were going to. They better go over it. They said they were last year. They didn't get Harper Machado. We need Cole. They just need to get some. But speaking of tomorrow now, they're going to play game three. Luis Severino is going to be pitching against Jake Odorizzi for the Minnesota Twins. Like I said, they have a two-game lead over the Twins right now. It's going to be in Minnesota. Will Seve be Seve and get them that three-game sweep? Because if you remember, last time that he faced the Twins in the playoffs, it was not pretty. It was that wild card game where they scored like three runs right away in the first inning, and he looked awful. I think Seve is Seve, and even if Seve is not Seve, I think the Yanks close it Monday night. I also think so, too. Um, speaking about the Twins, though, I mean, did you guys did you uh, see how uh, unlucky they really are with that like, an, like amazing stat, really, of just how many times they've lost? In the postseason, they're like oh for their last fourteen. But, but it's unlucky because no, they play the Yanks. That's just against the that's just against the Yankees. They're like oh for eleven. Uh, like they're like Minnesota as like a whole, like the whole they, like every sports team. They're like they're like oh for for like forty. Yeah, they don't they don't win playoffs that much, ever. I think the yeah, I don't even know. I would have to look it up. But you know the Wild are pretty good. I mean the Minnesota Wild are pretty good. The Vikings are, eh, you know, whatever. But weren't they really good like two years ago when it was supposed to be at the Vikings' place, Super Bowl? Yeah, the Vikings used to be really good. I mean, the Timberwolves suck. You know, they're they're 
the, the Twins on the Twins part, they've their playoff losing streak is 15 games, 12 of them coming to the Yanks. It just seems like every single time that they're in the playoffs, they play the Yanks. The other three were against the A's. They got swept there in 2006. You know, but needless to say, I do love Rocco Baldelli. I I think he's I think he's awesome. He literally looks so unscathed during a game at all times. It's it's unbelievable. And staying with the Twins, uh, you heard the story about Randy Dopnak. I mean, we just kind of have to like mention it. The uh, the Uber story. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about it. It's awesome. Went undraft. Yeah, went undrafted out of a D two. Um, and then pitched for the Unicorns, which is a four-team independent league, uh, and then was discovered on YouTube but was never scouted actually in person. He signed for $2,000, then went through four different levels in a year. So he basically probably went through rookie ball, single A, double A, and then triple A, if I had to guess. And then he went and became an Uber driver with an absolutely amazing 4.99 lady uh, rating, ladies and gentlemen. That's absolutely outstanding. I mean, that's pretty hard to get. But not only that, last night he started game two of the ALDS starting for the Minnesota Twins in the Bronx. What a absolute, like, huge year. Like, imagine, like, a year ago, like, right now he was driving Ubers. He was an Uber driver, and now he's pitching in Yankee Stadium in the playoffs. Yeah, the crazy thing thing about it is I think he only threw 28 innings in the pros this year, but he had a 55% ground ball ratio, which went into the thought process of starting him, especially in Yankee Stadium. That over under 14 and a half home runs is looking really good right now for you guys, unless the Twins can somehow win game three. But, you know, he, he wasn't, he didn't I get beat over. up. That, yeah, oh, okay. Then it was DePalma who said under. Look, he didn't get beat up that bad. He just, the, the walks killed him. Yeah, see, and this is what I'm going to get into. Great guy, I'm sure, but. Bleacher Creatures yelling Uber, Uber, Uber while he was pitching, and then later on he said that he it doesn't bother him. Bro, you look like an idiot now because you gave up four runs. You were rattled, obviously. You were walking everybody. You're saying it doesn't bother you. You just sound like a complete moron now. Like, it was a cool story, but you kind of ruined it for yourself there for me. Like, you did, you could have just said, like, nothing. You couldn't. You didn't even have to say they got the best of me. You could have just said nothing. Instead, you have to go saying it doesn't bother you. It obviously did. Like, I mean, you sucked at some part of the game, like you couldn't throw a strike and you gave up four runs in the process. Like, so don't say that it didn't bother. It didn't bother me that much because uh, according to Rocco, who I love, the the dude's like unfazed by anything. So it's possible. He could have just not had his best stuff, but I would have rather him respond with, I just look, I didn't have my best stuff. It is what it is. You know, let's go get game three. You know, like I, I would have, I kind of would have laughed and been like, were they actually saying that? I couldn't hear them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just would have, I would have taken that approach, but Hey, I'm not a professional baseball player. In my interviews, I would just, you know me, dude, I've given mock interviews to myself after games. Like I would sit there. I would, I would soak that shit up. I would, I would be interviewing myself for like an hour. (laughs) We're moving back to the Yankees. Uh, Tanaka time in the playoffs is a real. It is the real deal. I mean, he was outstanding again. The, I don't. I can't recall in, uh, one time that he hasn't been good in the playoffs. I really can't. He's no. he's the real deal in the playoffs. He's really good. He's yeah. really he's really good in the playoffs. 
really good. Like it's uh, it's honestly outstanding. I mean, another like he give up one run. Yeah, one run in seven in, seven, uh, seven innings. Can't speak. Yeah, one run in seven innings, seven strikeouts, one walk. His splitter was filthy. He's able to command the when he's able to command the the lower half of the zone. He's unhittable. And they were talking about how they they were talking about how he changed his splitty grip. He originally held on the seams, but because they lowered the seams, he had to like reinvent his grip or his grip in the second half of the year. And he started holding the ball off the seams. That's a really hard pitch to throw. Like you got to have really flexible fingers and big hands to do it. But I think he might throw the best splitter I've ever seen. I'm trying to think of another pitcher that had a disgusting splitter. I think, no, I, 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 I know that. I'm saying, like, in, in history. Like, did Schilling have one? I feel like Schilling had one. Yeah. Uh, Someone uh, had one. But it's yeah, up, and the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's up there with one of the best pitches I've ever seen. To go back on Minnesota real quick, the last the, – the Minnesota Wild won a, a first-round matchup against the St. Louis Blues in 2014-15. The Minnesota Vikings – one uh, in 2000, the, the 2017 NFL season, they beat the Saints in round one and then lost to the Eagles. So they've got some playoff wins under their belt, just not many. Yeah, and before we wrap up this podcast, Dean, what's your final thought? Uh, my final thought's really simple. I saw the Joker today. I'm not going to ruin anything. Originally, walking out of the theater, I gave it an 8.6, which is a professional review. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that score. I'm actually going to give it a 9.2. I think it's one of the best movies of the year, if not the best movie of the year. Joaquin Phoenix kills it absolutely kills the role it the 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 only thing i'm gonna say there's two more things i'm gonna say about it the parallels are unbelievable everyone should like it and it's the it's the 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 last good dc movie i can think of was man of steel other than the 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 dark knight trilogy it goes for me it goes the dark knight it goes the joker then it goes to Batman Begins, then Man of Steel, and then Dark Knight Rises in that order. Needless to say, Marvel's been killing it, but DC finally came out with a great movie. Everybody, It's a must-see, fantastic. He should win Best Actor of the Year. I would be shocked if he didn't. An Oscar? Yes. Oh, okay, I don't know if he like, he, met like an e- Emmy or something. No, no, no. He should 110% win an Oscar for Best Actor. Yeah, I'm going to see it on Friday, I think, with my friends. So, yeah, I'll let you know yeah. about that. I heard it was good. I heard it was really good. It was, like, really good acting. It was fantastic. But the only thing I'm going to say is for people who haven't seen it, like, if you're expecting to, like, hit the ground running and punch you in the face with, like, zero to 100, like, relax. It's an origin story. Origin stories take a while to start developing, but if you sit there and you're engaged in the entire movie from first minute to last minute, you will not be disappointed. Once again, 9.2, professional review. Shout out to the Barstool, pizza review time. 9.2, Joker.
Yeah, we never did the pizza review for NYPD. We have to do that. I'll get there. And Vito's. Yeah, but I'm actually really excited to see that. I hope it's good. Um, I feel like I had to say something else, but I guess I kind of forgot. But that's all for this edition of Major League Talk. Make sure to follow us on social media at JD with Sports on Twitter and Facebook and jdwithsports.co on Instagram. Dean, you got anything else? Dodgers are up 8-2 currently speaking. Looks like the, the, the Annabelle Sanchez move just isn't going to pay off. I mean, it's October baseball. You never know. But as of right now, it looks like it's not going to pay off. Still, Dodgers win in five is now my new prediction because Scherzer will win the elimination game. They lose with Strasburg in L.A. Interesting stuff. Stay tuned.